The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. All right, everybody. My name is Nubias Wilborn. The name on the marquee is Beard. It is. You can find us on Twitter at Beard is Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Beard is Pod, and all the places we go for social media. You can also follow me on Twitter at nwilborn19. Same on Instagram and same on Snapchat, where I always do little video previews of places I'm at. And today, I am at Hop City. We were going to be in Crog Street, but today we're on Marietta Street downtownish Atlanta. I guess this is where downtown turns into Midtown before it becomes Buckhead. And right next to a really cool beer spot I'll talk about later. But right now, Hop City, my man Craig Torres has named Escape, but I got it back. And he is one of the founders of this wonderful place. And first of all, Craig, how are you, man? I'm well. Hey, thanks for uh, having me today. Yep. Uh, long introduction aside, let's talk about you and how you first Fell in love with craft beer. Well, that that was a long time ago. Uh, so, uh, back in uh, right out of well, really right out of high school, I was uh, joined the Coast Guard, and I got a chance to uh, experience beer from not uh, this country, from uh, around the world. And and honestly, it, it it sparked an interest that has lasted ever since. So, where where were some cool places that you had beer that you were like, oh my god, like this is what beer can do or be? I think the uh, the first wake up moment for me was my first trip to England. And, Ooh, nice, uh, nice. And the, the pub experiences there back in the eighties, and uh, f- finding things like ESBs and milds and mm-hmm. uh, true English stouts, and it just really uh, blew my mind that I was stuck back home. It, the, the coolest beer I could get back home was uh, maybe Peach Wicked Ale, and, nice. uh, which you know was very good back then. Yeah, of course. Um, but to find true English pub beers. And that really broadened my horizons. Of course, from then it's a, it's a quick jaunt over to Belgium and to Germany. And mm. um, so, yes, my uh, my early beer drinking was was consumed by European beers and, and, and a fascination for the, the, the process. So, so it's really it's about thirty years of just craft beer fanaticism and journaling beers long before there was such a thing as an internet um, that really made me want to uh, to share my passion with other people. So, how did you decide on the military? I uh, just I, I felt I wanted to contribute and uh, and I joined so I joined the Coast Guard and I felt it was one of those things I could do and uh, wasn't necessarily interested in fighting people as much as I was just uh, serving my country all the time. Makes sense and sounds good. So speaking from going from serving and protecting and you know guiding, let's talk about the beer journaling man because that that's sure. one of the reasons why a lot of people who I respect in the beer game really speak very highly of you as far as like um, an innovator. And just the knowledge of beer and raking and rating beer. Well, I, I wasn't. I'm not sure I was rating uh, beer back then as much mm-hmm. as I was um, keeping track of what beers. I mean, it was more. But really, I didn't ever. I never kept a log of beer for anyone's benefit other than my own. <laughs> right, I never right. really thought I would have a career in beer. Um, but every time I tried a new beer, I would, I would keep an, I'd make a note of it, and, mm-hmm. and I'd talk about my flavor profiles, and I would talk about um, some of the stock categories and. and why I was suddenly in love with Trapels and maybe <laughs> nice. less so of, you know, Saisons or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It was really just purely for my own edification. Um, and it was just, it started out as something I did and then it became um, something I did uh, rapidly and, and sort of began began uh, seeking out new beers, things I'd never tried before. Um, you know, so it was kind of like a, it started out as a goof almost, but it, it really became very serious after a while. 
So this question, and, and normally I ask this question of brewers because normally it's you know guy home brewing and it starts with two people showing up and it becomes a hundred people. One place I can think about that is Reformation, for instance, where their story was, hey, we started brewing in the basement and you know guys showed up. Same thing with a scufflaw hits their IPA is the basement IPA. But for you as a um, retailer of beer. When did you figure out, you know, I can make a little money with this thing? So, I, um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've, I've owned my own business for, for a long time. And, and my business I owned prior to this one was a collision repair. And, uh, That's a hell of a change. It is. Uh, Drink too much beer, you might need collision repair, right? It is vertical integration, really, <laughs> at its finest. But no, that's... So, I, 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 again, I, I, at, by that point, obviously, I was a full-fledged craft fanatic. I uh, mm-hmm. had a, a men's cellar, you know... I went to breweries every chance every trip I took I went to a brewery nice um, so I was that guy but it, at no point did I actually expect it to become a vocation um, but back in I guess that would have been 2006 I sold my business and uh, I needed to go find something else to do so I with a little bit of free time I started working on a new business plan and that business plan ultimately became Hop City now it did take a couple additional years before that became a reality went back into the body shop world uh, to work for other people for a while but but that that bug of having to own my own place really it bit me hard, and and um, it never I never quite understood why places like Asheville had had bruised nails, and you can go out west and, and find places that are dedicated to craft beer, but Atlanta never really had that. We, right. we had liquor stores that sold craft beer. Yeah, uh, I mean like a little small section maybe. Yeah, yeah and, and and not to say they did a bad job, no, or, no. but but I so I'd go into one of those back stores, and and I would be the guy that would end up picking everybody else's beer out because mm. I was the one who had a, a knew what I was looking for, and it. Right. It did, I felt there was a hole in the market for that, and, and some place that you could expect to get good service, that you expect great selection, uh, where staffed by nothing but beer or wine nerds, that's what I wanted. That's where I wanted to shop, so I, I made House City. Right, so literally, so it is a similar story to the brewers almost, where almost every brewer I've talked to during the show or doing my writing is, you know what, there was something in the market, there was nothing in the market that I like to drink, mm-hmm. or I created what I wanted to drink, particularly in the southern states, like uh, Alabama, like in Georgia, where you know the laws were very reductive. In some cases, Georgia, they still are reductive. So it seemed like you have a very similar story to those guys who's like, you know what, I want to go to a place where I can drink a quality beer and people can talk to me about that beer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, of course, when we first opened the uh, uh, round corner, oh, you're good. Back then, of course, you couldn't consume on, on in a place like Hop City, so it was purely uh, a retail decision. So I, I really just wanted to create the ultimate shopping experience for the beer and wine nerd, and uh, and hopefully we did that. Um, so we, we within a couple of weeks we started stocking homebrew supplies as well because I, I was an avid homebrewer as well, and um, kind of never really expected that sell homebrew supplies to anyone but myself <laughs> um, and I was pleasantly surprised that people wanted to buy that too so um, you know and it's 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 so fascinating with homebrewing and because back in the 80s you had to go like to a place called bread making supplies mm-hmm. to buy so like what's been the biggest change in the homebrewing game you've seen well I, I frankly I wasn't brewing beer that far back so mm-hmm. you know by the time I got around to brewing there were brewing shops you could go to and um, in fact I, I moved to Atlanta Gosh, that would have been '91, and, oh, wow. okay. uh, and there were still there were you know uh, I don't think I started homebrewing until a couple years after that. So yeah, there were homebrew shops that I went to, um, but even even back then, homebrewing was much more rudimentary than it yeah. is today. There wasn't um, a million websites to go to. Exactly. You know, now it's 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 so much easier to teach people to homebrew mm-hmm. because we all have that do-it-yourself mentality, and you know, there's a 
if, if I can't teach you it, there's a web guide out there that has a blow-by-blow description on it. Right, right, right. It, and so. there's a video you can watch Absolutely. for every style it, and everything. So, it, like, what were you brewing on? Uh, I mean, I, I just brewed with, uh, on my stove. I mean, initially, I was yeah. preferring, and of course, later I brought up a burner. And, I mean, it, I've never been... So let's put it this way. I'm a beer appreciator. Mm-hmm. I'm a perfectly good home brewer. I am by no means an exceptional home brewer. Fair enough, fair so enough. I, I know flat out I will never, ever be good enough to own my own brewery. I don't have any ambition in that direction. Um, but brewing beer at home made me realize how how much how much more there is to know about beer. and mm. how, So it's great to go on a brewery tour and, and hear a brewer tell you what happens. But if you do it yourself you know, 30, 40, 50 times... Yes, you're going to understand what a cold break is. You're going to understand yes. what um, when they talk about late edition hops, or, or you know, mm-hmm. when you anyway, you, uh, all that terminology has much more. Retro- no, but, I mean, but, that, but that's the stuff that we're looking for. And by the way, guys, you can find that kind of information more: how to do it yourself, how to drink it, how to appreciate it each and every week here on Beer It Is. My name is Nubias Schoolborn, and today I am at Hop City with Land Craig Torres. So let's transition from you as a home brewer to a good friend of yours who is coming to the market, and you're going to help him. Yeah, Talk about that. yeah, I'm excited. Michael Sellers over at uh, Good People. Uh, he, he became my friend when we opened Hop City over there about four years ago. Uh, one of the nicest guys in the, in the beer business. And they are good people. They really are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his experience was very similar. Alabama's beer laws at the time when he got started were much more puritanical than Georgia's, mm-hmm. which is hard to say because we're really behind ourselves. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, homebrewing, completely legal. So he, he literally was breaking the law every day he started homebrewing before he owned his own brewery. Um, and they built it up from from nothing. I mean, it was they they were he was brewing at, in his house, and and he's turned it into the largest brewery in the state of Alabama. Um, and so we're thrilled to finally get them here in Georgia. That's going to happen next week at Hop City over at Crog Market. Um, and he's kind enough to bring over, of course, his core products. Uh, regular good people IPAs, fantastic pale ale and brown will all be their core products in our market. Um, but for the special grand opening, uh, grand launch event here in Georgia, uh, he's bringing uh, Gordo, uh, which is one of my favorite things. Oh, he does, nice! Uh, which is a Belgian style quad. Uh, he's bringing uh, Fatso, which is uh, Imperial Russian Imperial Stout, uh, another one of my favorite things he does. Of course, we'll have Snake Handler, his double IPA, easily his most popular beer. That uh, is a really fun beer. Yeah, we just got our. Uh, so we do. They only do cans of that three times a year in Alabama. We just got our allocation this week. It sold out in. I think it was an hour and 15 minutes this year. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's 40 impressive. cases in an hour and 15 minutes. And that's your Birmingham that's in Birmingham, store, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was this week in Birmingham. Wow. Um, so, so people were, like, tracking that beer. Absolutely. So really? we're, we're going to have draft of all of those things. We're not going to have package, but, but we hopefully are getting enough kegs, at least of the good, of the snake handler, that I should be able to fill a couple growlers of that, too. So get here early for that, folks. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and what day will that be? Let, let that's next know. Thursday, which is January 25th. January 25th. Yeah. So listen, guys. If you want that beer, 26th, January 26th, and that will be at the downtown and Crog Street? or no, just, just at Crog Street. Just We're at Crog Street. They're launch event at Crog Street uh, at the Crog Market store, um, and so that will be at the bar out there that faces in the Crog Market. So, guys, listen, and I'm going to tell you, I've been down there, and that beer is as good of an IPA as you're going to get. Really smooth, good malt background. Just everything is blended right with that beer. They really did, they really did a good job on that one. So, you mentioned the Fatso. Walk, walk, let's walk us through that beer a little bit. Tell us about that beer, what's going on with that one. So, the Fatso is a traditional Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, they do a bourbon barrel-aged version of that in bottle only. We're not going to see any of that in the market. It's super limited. Um, but it's, it's just a really rich, really thick, very high gravity. It's a full 14%, 13.8% beer, so it's almost 14%. Which is right, the at the, yeah, right, right at the right legal limit. Right at the legal limit, yeah. Um, 
Because it, it could never be more than that. Not ever. We don't want to break not the law. Label of it. It. <laughs> but it is a, it's an absolute butt kicker of a, of a Russian Imperial Stout. It's um, um, way smoother than the, uh, the alcohol level of Belize. Uh, so thick, think uh, dark fruits, think a ton of that uh, big fig and chocolate and tobacco notes that you expect at a great Russian Imperial Stout. It's all in there. Nice, nice. Now, you mentioned the Gordo, but not the El Gordo. Explain to me the difference. Well, uh, 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 or, or is it, it's same, same beer. Or is it El Gordo? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now that's one of those that um, Pace Magazine is ranked pretty highly yep. out of other places, but there's a lot of people who still haven't had it. Kind of yeah, it, does, it doesn't get out much. It's a, it's a one day one day a year release out of uh, good people. The El Gordo Day. Yeah, and uh, we do put that on draft over in, in Birmingham, so we're thrilled that they were able to get a keg of that. We're only going to get one keg of that, so it's only going to be draft. There's no growler fills of that, uh, but you'll be able to appreciate that at the bar. Um, and, and how much would it be for? Uh, uh, and it's going to be eight ounce pork, correct? I, I don't know yet. I haven't seen oh, the pricing yet. We haven't actually gotten the kegs yet, of course, because it's not locked until next week. But, right. uh, uh, but I would I would anticipate, I should say, that being an eight ounce pork. I don't know that for sure. Right. Uh, that is a Belgian strong dark. Uh, it is um, also. Uh, I think fig is probably the number one. Uh, if I had to pick one flavor profile out of that beer, that's the, the word I would choose. Uh, it's ext- extremely well made. It's also very high gravity. It's only twelve and change. Oh, yeah, only 12%. Excuse me. But it is also a big beer. Uh, it is one they release uh, typically on age, so it's not one that they'll give you fresh. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this would be a, a 2014 or 15 that we're going to get. Oh, uh, they do keep it in the cellar and just kind of release them for special days. Um, so that means, in summary, folks, if you have the opportunity to try this beer, like I said, I think this year Pace ranked it 8. I think last year they ranked number 1. So they slipped a little bit in the rankings, but nonetheless... It is still it's one of the beer. special beers that you'll be able to get a hold to. And now in Atlanta, you'll be able to get it. So get there early. It's only a keg. so Exactly. You may only get it in Atlanta one day a year, but you will be able to get it in Atlanta. We, we will be part of their regular allocation plan, so we will see all the limited things in this market. Um, and probably only unwrapped, which again is to be expected. Right. Um, uh, along with all the, and then you will also be able to take home the great package product. Too. Right. And, and so, I, and, and so, walk us through again with the, with the cores that they will have. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they do uh, four core beers uh, all the time over mm-hmm. in Birmingham. They have the pale ale, so we have their uh, IPA, we have their brown, and we have their uh, coffee oatmeal stout. Yeah, I, and I, I like that brown, man, because brown is like actually my favorite style of beer. You just don't see a lot of good browns, but agree. Their, their browns are really fun, and then the yeah. can is really. Cool on that one too, it man. Is. Uh, and design, my, yeah. my favorite thing they do in a can is going to be the coffee oatmeal stout. I think that's a really good. Oh, beer. that pours up good out yeah, of it. And yeah. we will see that as a seasonal release. I don't think we plan to do that year round in this market, mm-hmm. uh, even though it is a year round beer. Uh, we, we recognize it is summertime and hot here in Atlanta yeah. at some point, and uh, we don't anticipate stouts selling all that well. But but that's part of that will be part of their initial launch. Uh, but don't get get it quick because it's not going to be around all the time. And I tell you what, folks, listen. Check out the good people at Good People down there in Birmingham, right across the street from the uh, Birmingham Barons Baseball Stadium, in a really nice spot in downtown Beeham. Not terribly far from where you guys are located. Yeah, it's, it's not far at all. It's, uh, it's about 15 blocks, and uh, uh, you can ride your bike. It's kind of a, maybe like a, it's about a, a two-mile jog if you mm-hmm. want to go that direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you have enough beer, you might want to you know, burn a little bit of it off. It's kind of up to you, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a short ride. Uh, it's definitely, in my mind, two of the, the greatest attractions for, for the beer tourists uh, in Birmingham. You want to hit good people. Uh, brand new tasting room over there is beautiful. Uh, of course, come out of Hop City, uh, where we have 66 taps of greatness, as well as all the packaged beer to take home. So hopefully you'll see us over there or over here in Atlanta. And so this brings about an interesting question. And, and I'm glad we went there because this is something that, in Georgia, as we distribute, as we deal with the distribution laws and the legislation and everything, 
it seems like, okay, because in Alabama, you can take away 288 ounces of beer. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere in there, a little bit under 300 ounces, basically. It's basically a case of beer. Yeah, about a case. You can take away a case. So, you know, you can go with a couple guys, take a case each, and have yourself a real nice tailgate. Roll Tide or War Eagle, depending on, you know, whatever you're into, or maybe even UAB, they get their football program back going. But, yet, it doesn't seem to hurt you as a retailer. We don't feel like it does. Uh, you know, so I, I'll be honest, I've been a beer tourist for, like I said, a better part of 30 years, and... Uh, I, I truly believe this, that going to a brewery in, in another part of you know the country or the world, wherever you go, that should be part of your tourist experience, but it, it's probably not where you're going to go and buy your retail product. Sure. Uh, I don't think it's a really uh, wieldy way to get your beer. I mean, going there, trying new things, tasting things, that's what the brewery experience is about. Occasionally, I might go somewhere and buy a single limited bottle of beer, mm-hmm. but finding a retailer that, A, keeps their beer fresh... B, keeps a wide selection of beer that's not just one brewery, that's really where you should be doing your shopping. Mm-hmm. So. And so, but I guess what I'm saying is, well, what I'm saying is, how does, I, it, it seems like you guys are still able to have a good relationship, unlike what people would think. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. we, we, honestly, I don't have a business without my brewery partners. So right. if my brewery partners can't be successful, I can't be successful. So part of them being successful is their ability to generate revenue right at their brewery. So we don't uh, we don't feel threatened in any way, shape, or form by either package sales or direct draft sales to the public at a brewery. We think you need to that should be um, a given when you when you invest that much money in a brewery plant. The bare minimum that you should expect is to be able to sell product out your front door. And you know what? I tell you what. Another place where you can appreciate partnership and a little bit of symbiotic relationship is here on Beer It Is. My name is Nubai Schoolborn. Today we're at Hop City in Atlanta, Georgia, with a man. Craig Torres, who's had an interesting day, but we'll get to that part a little bit later. And just from there, man, um, what's coming next here at Hot City? Like, what can people look for coming for the, as the winter gets ready to give way to spring? For sure. Well, our, I will tell you, I'll, tell, I'll look back in 2016 yeah. briefly, and then we'll talk about what's going ahead forward to 2017. Mm-hmm. So we were able to uh, retroactively refit our original, the, the OG store, if you will, yeah. here on Marietta Street in, in West Midtown uh, with an on-premise license. Uh, nice. So we now have a full uh, beer and wine bar to go along with all the great retail experiences and homebrewing that we do. Um, so our big thing for 2017 is to turn Saturdays into uh, event days here. So we have food trucks that come up every other Saturday, uh, including this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. um, where you can come and, and get your eat on and your drink on and do all that great shopping that you're used to doing. Yeah, every Saturday in January. Super Bowl Saturday will be our, our, our last one, and we'll just go back to that every other weekend. Anyway. Nice. So, so basically, I could come in here, I can buy a pint right from your 60 taps. Correct. And then, if I want some food truck, I can go right out and... Right out our front door, yeah. Nice, yeah, nice, And then nice. feel free to eat it here in our in our generously appointed tasting room. Nice. Um, so that, that's really what we want to focus on in 2017 for Hop City is is being able to deliver the exact same experience uh, at all three of our, our existing Hop City locations. Um, also coming up, we have our newest location opening in April. That's uh, going to have a slightly different name. It's going to be Barley Garden Kitchen and Craft Bar, and that's going to be all the great on-premise experience at Hop City, 66 great taps, uh, coupled with food. Uh, nice. So it'll be our first Hop City restaurant. Where, where, where are you putting them in? Talk uh, about. It's going to be up in uh, Avalon, up in Alpharetta. Okay. All right. And so uh, All right. Kevin Oots from uh, Spot of Trotter fame. He's our executive chef. He's, we, he and I have created an amazing menu of uh, easy, casual, 
um, things you can hold in your hand uh, that taste great and, uh, and, and again good beer to- food I mean oh, but yeah. good food though right. but food that goes well with the good beer so I'm assuming like will it be like beer pairings with like the oh, all day long of course we'll have recommendations for that and of course the 66 constantly rotating taps downstairs we actually have a separate European bar upstairs with 24 different taps uh, oh nice yeah so it's- I got, I, not, well I can say European so not quite like a Belgian bar but like it's European right. so, okay yeah we open air I was going to say, we talked about my inspiration and how I got started in craft beer. It all comes and goes out of Europe in my nice. mind. So I, I would love to um, allow folks not just to experience Belgium or Germany or, or England, because there are, or, you know, Ireland, there's Irish pubs in town. Yeah. Why, why settle at any one of those destinations when you can have them all? Let's, let's get back a little bit to, like, just your take on food and your take on food and beer. And which brings about an interesting question. So what types of Beers you think pair well with? Okay, like, let's do it like this: Super Bowl coming up, and let's say you have a standard menu: hot wings, sure. um, burgers, you know that kind of stuff. The, the wonderful thing about the American hamburger is it pairs well with almost any food, uh, but it's, it's built very well for pale ale or IPA. So mm-hmm. uh, that's not to be uh, okay. The, 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 the typical easy answer is a pilsner or a pale ale. I could go either way with that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've lately I've become kind of rekindled my love for the Pilsner and I find I'm drinking more Pilsner beer than I have in a long time. Shout out to Arches here in Georgia. Oh man, that Arches, that unseasoned lager, uh, yes. it's really good. Actually, they do a Pilsner as well but I actually prefer their uh, unseasonable lager which I think is just an amazingly crisp, well-crafted, full-bodied for mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Uh, lager. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's got a lot of depth of character that you don't always find in American lagers. And it's clean, so I mean, it looks yeah. good. I mean, cause that's a very unforgiving style. It is. But I mean, I'm glad that they're doing it. And they also do some other cool double box. And oh, yeah. That no, they're, I'm, they're, they've impressed me. Now, they picked a category. Uh, you know, lagers are very difficult to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely not what most craft brewers start their uh, cut their teeth on. Right, right. And yet, that's what they waited in with them immediately. So, uh, something like but four, four of their core beers are, all, are lagers, unbelievable, and they only do three ales. So, yeah. um, and then of course they have a seasonal rotation. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's a lot impressive. of time. That's a lot of time in that fermentation tank, oh, yeah. man. So I'm really curious to see how they'll be able to continue to grow their business as they grow. Agreed. I mean, they better have a lot of fermenters, man, because it takes a lot of space, a lot of time for those lagers. So we'll see how that goes. Right. Yeah, but then again, great guys, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm excited about their success so far. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Really good guys, Jeff and that crew, man. Yeah. Good, good people. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you get to make it to a lot of beer events? I mean, I know you're here a lot, obviously. But do you, mm-hmm. you get to make a lot of festivals? And if so, like uh, which ones do you attend? Back in the old days, I went to festivals frequently. Uh, right. I, I don't really go with the same regularity I used to. I, I try to go to craft brewers conference every year. Uh, uh, just because I, I like to connect with my brewery friends directly. Yeah, uh, that's always a good one. Yeah. a festival as much as it's um, just a chance to actually do business with people and, and enjoy a beer with people that mm-hmm. you actually admire in the industry. And, and um, it helps us um, create that special connection between Hop City and, and the people who make the beer. Well, and speaking of that connection, which is one of the things like I noticed about you guys, when you guys do events... And I try to be careful how I say this, like, because I don't want to sound like I'm judgmental towards other people or other places who, however they roll or don't roll, but it seems like you guys do a really good job of getting people who either make the beer directly or people with a lot of knowledge of the beer when you guys have events and people come in. So we, we were really the first place in town eight years ago. When we really, the day we opened, we started doing weekly beer tastings. Uh, and back back at the time, nobody was doing that. Right. Uh, of course, now it, uh, you see it fairly yeah, often. Yeah, a lot of people uh, and, But I think, frankly, it's the right way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I'm a Joe consumer and I've never had a Scofflaw beer, uh, what's the? maybe I don't want to try a Scofflaw. I don't want to... 
slap down 12 bucks for a, a six-pack if I don't know the beer's any good. Right, right. So, you know, we felt it was important from day one for the folks who make that beer to meet their public and, and make customers the old-fashioned way, one-on-one. And it has been a, a hit with, with both sides of that equation. The public seems to really enjoy it. Um, our brewery partners love that opportunity. And... You know, it started out just as a way to taste things. Now it's an excuse to debut a new beer or, hey, we're, this is something we're experimenting with. Let's put it on draft and see what the people think. Mm. Um, and it's, and really- it's different from doing it at your brewery, too, because, I mean, so right. I think just sometimes, like, when you do it at your place, people are fans of your beer. You so they're going to they're gonna like your beer no matter what because, you know, I mean, that, that, that's your core base. I hear that all the time, and it's so true. If, you're, if you take the time and energy to go to a brewery, you're going to like anything you taste. Right. It's, it's pretty much that simple. You're, you're already a fan. I mean, that, right. I know that's a generality. But yeah, but generally, I mean, yeah. yeah. But yes, you're right. You're I, would say eight, I would say 89% of the people at a brewery are generally fans right. of that brewery or at least appreciate that place. So yeah. you're not necessarily making a new customer when you right. debut something at that brewery. That, that, that person there is already a customer. Mm-hmm. So how do you reach out to people? Who, how do you get more people to show up at your brewery? To go out and find them in the, in the native, in the wild, if you will, right. by bringing them into Hop City and having them come out here and meet us. And that has to be really fun. So, um, also like the I, I know you met, met almost almost a lot of brewers. I'm sure mm-hmm. some of brewers, but who been some like the ones that you really just stick out in your head? Like, uh, oh my god, I really enjoy this guy. So, uh, so I think one of my favorite. I mean, I'm not going to talk about folks in, in Georgia because I see them all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I yeah, should out, just out specify more out of state. Yeah. yeah, I would say one of my favorite people I've ever spent much time with is Rob Todd over at Allagash. Ooh, um, really? He's, he's one one of the just most humble. You know. Frankly, a lot of the brewers that reach his his height of success are, really don't necessarily have time for people like me or anyone. I mean, just they don't need to have. Right, right, right. Um, but he was just—he's been very. Every time I've ever hung out with him, he's been very generous with his time. Hmm. He's never taken his success for granted. He's always looking for input. Um, really, he's just—he's just one of the, the greatest guys in, in the American beer making business. Wow, I mean that's really cool to hear yeah. because like I've met some big name brewers and mm-hmm. I, I won't get into names, but maybe a little bit disappointing. Sometimes there, I, I feel like, you know, you, you meet a guy like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Greg from, from Stone Brewing, yeah. you know, um, perfectly nice, yeah. but, but he clearly knows he's successful. In, right. In, <laughs> like he knows he's, he's that dude. He's got a little dude. ego to him, and not to say he doesn't deserve that. Right. Uh, he certainly doesn't, just deserves that. Um, but another guy, you know, um, uh, gosh, uh, Rudy from, um, from uh, Rodenbach. Rodenbach, yeah. Wow, what a nice guy. Like, he, he came in, we did a bottle signing at, at Hop City, and... He doesn't need to be signing bottles, man. I, this guy's, you know, he, he, he's been Legend blending. Status, yeah. Right. He's literally the, the guy who, who makes the most established, most well-respected Flemish sour in the world. Okay? Mm-hmm. Why is he in, in Georgia signing the bottles? Anyway, completely gracious. Talked to every single person that walked up to him. Wow. It was it was one of the, the, the better events we've ever done. And just see, I mean, because, first of all, I mean, that bottle is so iconic. That white oh, bottle. Sure it's it, it, it looks beautiful, but then to get it signed, I mean, yeah. oh my God, y'all just don't want to open it. I mean, Agreed. <laughs> no, and so anyway, he's, he's yeah. definitely another one of the, the people I've enjoyed. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm grateful that I get to hang out with these people. And uh, if, to me, you know, I love art. I, I love, you know, movies. Those sure. are, That's art. But I think beer is in that same sort of category of, of things that are, Artistic and wonderful, and need to be appreciated well, by everybody. You know, this is what I tell people: like, I think beer is the highest form of art because it hits all five senses, but then it also hits the sixth sense of altering your mind state. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you think about it. I mean, because you can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it, you can touch it. I mean, it, it hits all of the 
sensory from oral everything, but then it's that extra little thing where it alters your mind state a little bit right. and makes you think. I, I wouldn't disagree with that statement. You know, I, I, I truly do think of it as liquid art, and, and again, these, these are so. They're my Picassos, right? So if I got to hang out with guys like that, that's that's the thrill for me. Nice right, to this day. And then uh, you mentioned the Saturday. So like, when are your when are your beer tastings? When do people get yeah. when people know what's going on with that? So uh, we try to do uh, events every single. We do events every single week at Hop City. So uh, Tuesday is a wine day over at uh, Krog Market. Uh, Wednesday is a free beer tasting day over at Midtown. Mm-hmm. Thursday is free beer tasting day over at uh, Krog. So that's three straight days of free opportunities to drink something. Uh, and then we, like, like I said, every other Saturday over at Midtown. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. We'll be right back. Have you heard the latest edition of the Baker Bone and Rome Bad Advice Show? If not, check out this latest bad advice about pet care in the bedroom. I might have had the same thing that you had. What's that? I asked the question, do you have sex with the pet in the room? And uh, one guy had the same problem you had. So usually the dog just gets offended and leaves on her own. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's only female dogs that leave the room. Like, honestly, the male dog might try to get involved, but like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. If you got a, if you got a female uh, dog, look, she's definitely going to leave the room. She gets, fuck you. I'm sick of y'all. Y'all disgusting. You should be walking me, not fucking, and then walking the <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's, the problem is not with the woman. She's telling you your stroke is trash. Girl, I know too. This girl said, <laughs> oh man. The Baker Bone and Rome Bad Advice Show. Listen in for new episodes each week. Visit our website, cspn.us, or you can subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever fine podcasts can be found. Look for Bad Advice Show. The Baker Bone and Rome Bad Advice Show, only on CSPN. All right, guys, so back here at Hop City, my man Craig Torres. My name is Nubias. We're born here for Beer It Is. Shout out to Mental Man Classic Atlanta to do this show each and every week here on the CSPN Network. And let's get back into, like, your place here in particular. One thing I, I kind of like in my walk-in, I see, like, the the beer adoption, the little little side angle. Explain to people how that works and that process. Yeah. That's fun. So we, we have roughly 1,900 SKUs on any given day on the beer side, and uh, we understand that it can be an investment to buy an entire six-pack, a four-pack of something you've never tried before. So from, from the day we opened, we allowed our guests to be able to buy a single of any single beer that comes in a, in a, in a multi-pack. And uh, so what you see at the Adoption Center is just uh, it's what people wanted the last couple guests, what they chose. So there's probably, I don't know, 300 choices over there right now, but you're not limited to that. It's anything in the store. Wow, and, that, and, that, and that's pretty cool because and so how does that bring us to like say a twelve pack is fourteen bucks of this particular beer? Yeah, it's, it's, rough, it's roughly one one fourth of that. You know, the, we, we round up to make the, the numbers look pretty, but uh, otherwise it's it's really we're not trying to make an extra buck on it as much as we just want people to be people able to try some yeah. things. Yeah, and so I could I could buy as little as one, or I could buy a six pack, or however much I want. That's correct. That's pretty cool, yeah. man. And again, because there's there's some beers like for instance, like you have in now the Stone. The Valentine's Day beer, yes. by Valentine's Day, yep. and that's one I think a lot of people are curious about because it's a coffee, coffee. chocolate IPA. Chocolate. Yes, I love coffee. I'm just a uh, fanatic for ch- coffee IPAs. Uh, we 
partnered with Monday Night a couple years ago and did one with them, and it, I, I still think it's one of the best things they've ever made. Uh, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you're right. You don't have to buy that whole six-pack. You can just buy one of those. Why not? Right. So, and see what it's like. Exactly. Maybe probably cost no more than three bucks for mm-hmm. one. And if you like more of it, come back and get a six-pack. Exactly. But, but yeah, mix, mix and match any four-pack, six-pack, two-pack, whatever makes you happy. And then other thing, too, is so – and how does that work in Georgia? I know some – is that a county-by-county county thing or that just you guys are able to just be in the right places to where you can do the – or just Georgia allows it so a lot of places don't? So the, uh, the only statute that's relevant to that, uh, the city of Atlanta requires you to buy a minimum of 16 ounces of beer in one format. Uh, so you can't just buy a single 12-ounce serving to go uh, in the city of Atlanta. So, uh, so we do not allow you to buy just one, uh, not because we don't want two as much as we just want to be compliant with the right, right, right. Uh, city okay. statute. Um, so, yeah, so generally you got to buy two. Of two, the, exactly. Two. Okay, so, yeah, I, I want to make sure I, unless it, well, yeah. Or buy. buddy could just pick out a 16-ounce and, and just buy one. That's fine, too. There you go. We have plenty of things that come in that format these days. Okay, cool. And as thing, I you know, just want to put it up for the audience so they know, you know, when they come in, what they expect. And, <laughs> sure. Um, I guess to kind of get you out of here, um, what would you recommend for a person who say, I'm sure you probably get this all the time, well, I, I drink Bud Light. We do get that. We, you know, it's, it's gratefully, we don't get it as much as we used to. Uh, right. I, I mean, good thing more people come in with yeah, sophisticated. A, but a, yeah. a lot of people have come in with broadened horizons. Uh, the easiest transition from something sort of um, that simple and, and uh, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say flavorless, but they are, they do genuinely engineer that for tasting less a little bit of sweetness not as much flavor so uh, it's an easy transition into wheat beers mm-hmm. uh, and usually that's where I go with you first so uh, something in the Belgian wit category is a um, an easy and, and simple uh, transition from, from Bud Light that's almost inevitably where I'm going to take you first nice 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 um, and I'm looking at your list there like you have an amp still on what's up with that well honestly we know our neighborhood and, and there are folks around here who just might want something simple to drink that isn't uh, isn't craft beer. So 59 of the taps are craft beer. One of them is Amstel Light. Oh, really? So is, is it, and that's the one you always keep? Uh, no, it's, it's either that or it's going to be maybe a Stella Artois or something. Okay. Uh, and sometimes, it, it honestly, it's been selling so slowly, it may actually come off and never never be replaced. Uh, I, I we, mean, we do, we, you know, we, we're, we're not beer snob. We are beer nerds at Hop City, but we are definitely not snobs. So we, so what's the difference between a snob and a nerd? <laughs> So I, I look at a snob as somebody who uh, who looks down upon those who don't appreciate the same things they do. Yeah. Okay, and that's absolutely the opposite of what we are. Um, you know, nerds in that I I've been studying the art of craft beer for, for thirty years. So I, I do think of myself as having a lot of knowledge, and mm-hmm. um, I'm not afraid to to be that guy. I'm not trying to be it's cool for anybody. You know? <laughs> I, uh, my, you look at the way I dress or the way I I mean I'm I'm not trying to impress anybody at all. But I'm here to help, and right. so I have a wealth of knowledge, and that, that I think makes me a nerd. Well, I mean, but I, I appreciate that you are what you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's honestly lost in our society. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not hip. I'm not trying to be hip, but uh, but I do know an awful lot about beer. Yeah, so. I drink some good beer. I have some yeah. good fun. I tell you another place where you don't have to be hip or cool is here on Beard Is. My name is Tobias Wilborn. We're rocking here at Hop City with my man Craig Torres, and um, I guess from there, and it's interesting because like this is a conversation I love to have, like. The, the beard nerds versus the, the snobs and just everybody. So, like, what's the weirdest interaction you've had with a beer snob? I've got some stories. Cool. Um, you know, I, gosh, I, I don't even know if I have a great answer to that. We uh, we, we deal with a lot of folks that are, are really um, specific about their craft beer needs. Right. Um, inevitably, it, it surrounds um, something that's limited release or mm-hmm. something that's hard to get. We've had people um, complain bitterly about simple things like release times on, on, on rare beers. Like we have Hop Slam coming out this week, right? From Bells? Yeah. 
It's one of those beers that sells out in an hour or so every year. Yeah, popular uh, beer. Yeah. We never get enough of it. We get it. We, we know everybody wants it, but you know, we try to plan a release around everybody's schedule, right? Mm-hmm. But if I do a four o'clock release, somebody will complain it's not a six o'clock release. If I do a six o'clock release, somebody will complain it's not a two o'clock release. So that's that's my only frustration with my friends who are beer snobs is that you have to understand <laughs> we don't make the beer. We we'd love to make the beer, but we don't make the beer. So when it comes in and there's only three cases of something in this country, yeah. I can't make more of it. Right. And uh, that, so do we have what we have? We have what we have. And it's not like you're yeah. holding beer for people or any of that. We game. never do that. We, we it's it's this is a. a a business for the public. We are not a museum. We are here to get people their beer as fast as humanly possible. We uh, we try to time our releases to meet everybody's needs. We are never trying to hurt anybody. That is that's probably the, the one sort of um, general uh, beer snobbery issue we occasionally run into. And, and but otherwise, we appreciate and love the passion. So, like, do you do you go on rate beer? Do you go on beer advocate? I stopped a long time ago, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because now I know a lot of these people who make beer, and they know who I am, and it it puts me in a delicate (laughs) spot on the, you know, it's fine if I have a little, you know, I'll never lie to somebody. Like, if there's a beer out there on our shelf, and it's, I don't think it's great, I'm I'm, going to tell them what I think of the beer. Right. For better or for worse. Better or worse. But when you start doing ratings on websites that anybody can look at, now you're starting to get into a little bit of a... A, more of a delicate situation, so I just—it's—it's it's easier for me just to not do those ratings anymore. Yeah, I—it's interesting because it's something I kind of go back and forth on because for for what I do, I'm not raking beer as much as I'm telling the story of Roots. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to be a fan of your beer, but I could be a fan of your story, mm-hmm. and I always feel that more craft beer is better than less craft beer, particularly in states like Georgia, Alabama. We mentioned there needs to be more brews, so it's. I think if you know me, you kind of you, you kind of hear how I talk about a beer. You you kind of know how I feel about it. But outside of that, as far as getting into those ranking, a lot of stuff becomes really petty and silly. I try to stay away from it. it I do too. And um, you know, I, again, my I never really what I think of a beer is probably the least important thing in the store. Right. Finding out a, a customer's needs and their specific wants and their flavor profiles—that's way more important. So right. it it allows me uh, the creative freedom to be. Uh, honest, without having to worry about making ratings that everybody in the world will look at. Well, and and I, and I can tell you, sure, but like I said, I mean, a lot of craft beer places would frown at putting an Amstel on, and you're like, hey, man, people buy it, so who am I not to sell it? That's our attitude. We we still sell Budweiser. We still make a loaf. We, you know, we, you may not sell nearly as many uh, of uh, those products as other places, but uh, again, the, the customer's right, not me. Right. So, and and then from there, uh, we'll we'll wrap up here. Just run, run us again to where people can find you guys. We can find about your events and everything you guys Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Uh, the easiest place to catch up with Hop City is at hopcitybeer.com. You can access all of our locations through a simple portal and find out specific events at any of our three existing locations. Um, or we encourage you to just swing by uh, 99 Krog Street over in Inman Park at part of uh, the Krog Street Market. That is uh, a fun place. Oh, there. it's so much fun. Uh, so it's, it's us and a bunch of really awesome restaurants uh, and shopping to just do while you're there. Uh, or you can find us at the original store over at 1000 Marietta Street in West Midtown. It's across the street from Octane Coffee, next door to Five Seasons of the Brew Pub. Um, or you can Alabama, find us in, yeah. in Birmingham, Alabama, right over at Pepper Place, uh, which is the old Dr. Pepper bottling plant at, uh, where 30th Street meets 3rd Avenue South in Birmingham. Nice. And thank you so much for coming on. I really look forward to it. By the way, that Good People release next Thursday. Check it out. It is going to be amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for for doing this, man.